You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Am I the only one in America not rooting for a particular outcome in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial? Am I the only one... And by the way, I've got to discuss this case right now at the outset of the program because that verdict could come back today. And if I waited till the third hour, you know, who knows? Maybe I will have missed my opportunity to say what I want to say. Um, And what I want to say is that I'm comfortable with however it might end. I, I have confidence in the way that this trial has taken place. I felt the same way about the trial in the aftermath of, oh my gosh, I have a mental block of the the cop who was convicted for the killing of George Floyd. TC, do you have a mental block as well? How can that be? How can that be? My God, what's his name? Um, wow. Oh God, what an embarrassing <laughs> way to start this show. I thought Derek Chauvin. Oh, Derek Chauvin. I thought that the judge. I was so impressed with the well, Derek for us. Let's, Chauvin. Let's remember George Floyd's name, not Derek Chauvin. That name. one I remembered. That? There you go. So I was so impressed with the the way in which that trial was conducted that I wrote a personal note to the judge to tell him so. Now I don't think I'll be writing to Judge Schroeder in the case of Kyle Rittenhouse. This judge is old school. He's a bit unusual, but I've watched a fair amount of the trial, and I think that it's been conducted in a fair way. I think that the prosecutor did overstep his bounds, maybe not to the extent that others felt, but the spanking that he received that day was appropriate. But what I'm really trying to say is that I think juries generally get it right. It is a remarkable system. And when I was making closing arguments, I always would comment when I'd stand up and I would thank the jurors first and foremost before I would go into a closing statement. I always would say to them, you know, it's really a remarkable system that we have in this country where when there's a dispute and in my case, these were civil cases when there's a dispute. Uh, between two parties and it's over money damages. How do we resolve it? We gather up the neighbors. And we allow people, we hope that they will bring their collective wisdom into the courtroom and, and sit in judgment. It's, it's amazing. It's not a star chamber. It's not a group of professionals. It's like, here, here is this random assortment of one's neighbors who then sort it out. And I have faith in juries. I'm not going to be disappointed in however it ends. If you push me and say, well, what do you think should happen? In lay terms, what do I think should happen? I think that he should be punished, but I don't think that his life should be ended, figuratively speaking, because he doesn't face a death penalty for even the most serious of homicide uh, charges. But I'm I'm thinking I'm alone in how I look at this, meaning not rooting for an outcome. And I will tell you why. 
I was on an airplane last night and I went down a rabbit hole because I had paid the $16 to American Airlines for a flight pass for the entire two hour and 30 minute flight from Florida. I was on a kamikaze mission down and back to Florida yesterday. Thank you, Dr. Maz, because I have the ability to do that, knowing that this audience is going to be in such capable hands. So as I was looking, I guess, at Twitter last night, I saw an individual's account that I don't follow, who I don't follow, but it was getting a lot of attention. This is an individual who, who is very well known in very conservative. I don't even think he's a conservative. I mean, he's like way the hell over there and, and, and has a million five followers. So a lot of people are paying attention to him. Uh, he claims a past association with me, which I deny the way in which he remembers it. But anyway, he was floating this idea that the jurors had reached a conclusion, at least all but two, and that they wanted to acquit Kyle Rittenhouse uh, and that there was now some type of division with the two who wouldn't go along. And how do we know this? Because somehow the U.S. Marshals uh, had tipped off individuals in the media. And and it was so stunning that it caused me to, to start reading, like, wow, what's this all about? And then I regretted having invested a half hour of my life in the task because it was completely circular in its reporting and logic. There was no substance to it. I should have known better. There aren't U.S. Marshals sitting in Kenosha, you know, right now. That's that's just it's a state court system. But as I read and I went off in all different directions, I recognized like I hadn't really recognized up until now just how partisan this trial and the perception and and the potential outcomes uh this is really emblematic of our red blue divide which i just think is really sad how the hell did this 17 now 18 year old become some such a a, a champion for certain among us and such a villain for others i think the whole thing is sad two people are dead this guy's life will never be the the same, regardless of this outcome. And a third guy is, you know, has has a, a terrible uh, bodily injury now. Um, and that's what I want to tell you about because I read something that so after I went down the rabbit hole, I read something last night that so well explains the way we should be looking at the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Let, let me just say that. He faces charges of intentional, reckless, and attempted homicide and reckless endangerment. Interestingly, Judge Schroeder dismissed the misdemeanor charge, the one that I thought was a slam dunk, which was possession of a dangerous weapon by a person under 17. It had to do with a definition of dangerous weapon under Wisconsin law. The the, the judge agreed that... This rifle, an AR-15 style rifle, didn't have a short barrel. Consequently, that charge didn't apply. Um, there are a number of charges and lesser charges that he faces. Some of them uh, include potential punishment for up to 60 years in prison. Another, for example, guilty or not guilty of reckless endangerment of the first degree is a felony punishable by up to 12 and a half years in prison. So there's a range of charges that he faces. The least among them is punishable by, you know, 12.5 years, 12 and a half years in prison. So there are a range of options in terms of how this thing is going to end. Uh, 
it was interesting yesterday, and I've never seen this before, but I don't have a problem with it. The manner in which the jurors were randomly selected as if it was a church raffle. You know, Kyle Rittenhouse himself was able to reach into the drum, which had inside slips of paper containing the numbers of each of the 18 jurors who heard this two-week trial. And, and then he pulled out six numbers from the drum. If you're curious or if you're looking to play the number today, I'll bet you, I'll bet you people played the lottery yesterday. 11, 58, 14, 45, 9, and 52. It just occurred to me, if my dad were alive, he'd be playing those numbers today. He would absolutely be playing somehow those numbers today. But they indicated the numbers of the jurors who were to be dismissed. And I heard some commentary uh, yesterday as to, you know, what an oddity and and presented in a dismissive or negative way against the judge. I didn't see it that way. I've never I've never seen a person on trial, you know, through that fashion, determine who'll be cut loose as a uh, as an alternate. But I don't have a problem with it. As a matter of fact, if anything. I thought it was it was kind of um, neat and interesting. Um, in other words, what I thought was it underscored the fact that this is the most fair you can possibly be to a person who is facing the potential loss of their liberty. They are going to randomly, albeit, but they're going to be able to determine who will sit in fate of them. I did not have a problem with that uh, uh, at all. So. One other thing that I thought was interesting, just trying to wind up the Kyle Rittenhouse case, is that the Daily Mail today has, you know, one of their exclusives. They are saying that prosecutors held back a high def version of the drone footage that shows the Kenosha shootings, that they held it back from the defense and that they gave a low quality video instead, uh, which has led, you know, to another potential mistrial if Kyle Rittenhouse should need it. I don't know of what significance, but I just thought I would mention to you in, try, in, try, in terms of summing up the case. Let me get to what I really want to say. David French has a piece at The Atlantic. It is prominently posted at Smirconish.com. He's a senior editor at The Dispatch, and it is under the headline, Kyle Rittenhouse is no hero. If a jury acquits him, he it will not be. If a jury acquits him, it will not be a miscarriage of justice. But an acquittal does not make a foolish man a hero. And that is exactly how I see it. May I read to you some of what David French wrote? And tell me, this actually leads to today's survey question, but tell me if this, if this represents your sentiments or not. As the Kyle Rittenhouse trial comes to a close, two things are becoming clear at once. First, absolutely no one should be surprised if Rittenhouse is acquitted on the most serious charges against him. And second, regardless of the outcome of the trial, the Trumpist right, like the guy I followed into the rabbit hole last night, the Trumpist right is wrongly creating a folk hero out of Rittenhouse. For millions, he's become a positive symbol, a young man of action who stepped up when the police allegedly stepped aside. 
The trial itself has not gone well for the prosecution for reasons that relate to the nature of self-defense claims. Such claims are not assessed by means of sweeping inquiries into the wisdom of the actions that put the shooter into a dangerous place in a dangerous time. Instead, they produce a narrow inquiry into the events immediately preceding the shooting. The law allows even a foolish man to defend himself, even if his own foolishness put him in harm's way. Let me say parenthetically, we've addressed this here. I've said to a number of callers who have said, I'm really troubled by the fact that he went there, that he was drawn there like a moth to a flame. Why was he there? And what did I say? doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All that matters is when you sapruder the film and look sequentially at the three instances where he shot people, two of whom he killed. Okay, back to David French. And so, although the combination of video and testimonial evidence shows a confused and isolated 17-year-old carrying an adult weapon in a dangerous place, it also shows that he was chased by his first victim and attacked with a skateboard by his second victim, and that he shot and wounded his third victim when he pulled out his own handgun. Rittenhouse has presented a considerable amount of evidence that he was not a hunter, but instead felt himself hunted and fired solely on men who he believed presented a direct threat. The defense has presented evidence not only that Rittenhouse was attacked, but that there was reason to be reason to believe he acted under Wisconsin laws to quote, and this is the legal standard, prevent imminent death or great bodily harm to himself. The jury will have to determine whether Rittenhouse's belief was reasonable and whether it was reasonable for each person he shot. Remember, as I had uh, Counselor Booker on this program and also on CNN, it's a two-pronged test in Wisconsin. Did he think? Did he think he was now about to be caused significant bodily harm? I'm paraphrasing. Did he think his life was in danger? And number two, was it reasonable? for him to think that is the case. The narrow nature, back to David French, of self-defense inquiry is one reason people can escape responsibility for killings that are deeply wrongful in every moral sense. Take, for instance, cases in which bad cops create danger and confusion through incompetence or excessive aggression, and then they respond to the danger or confusion they created by using deadly force. He then makes reference to the Philando Castile case, the Daniel Shaver case, the Breonna Taylor cases. And then he he winds up by saying this. David French then goes on to address what he calls the danger of Kyle Rittenhouse as a folk hero, noting that it's one thing to argue that the law is on Rittenhouse's side and there's abundant evidence supporting his defense, but it's quite another to hail him as a model for civic resistance. I so agree with that observation. He notes that he himself is a supporter of gun rights. He, David French, in offering these views. And then he winds up his piece thusly. There is also an immense difference between quiet concealed carry and vigilante open carry including in ham-handed and amateurish attempts to accomplish one of the most difficult tasks in all of policing, imposing order in the face of civil unrest, 
And there is a dramatic difference between the use of weapons as a last resort when your life or the lives of others are in immediate danger and the open carrying of weapons as an intimidation tactic or as an intentionally disconcerting display of political identity and defiance. Most of the right wing leaders voicing their admiration for Rittenhouse are simply adopting a pose. On Twitter, talk radio and Fox News, Hosts and right-wing personalities express admiration for Rittenhouse, like the people that I was reading last night, but they know that he was being foolish. They would never hand a rifle to their own children, tell them to walk into a riot. They would never do it themselves. Is that not true? Is that not the same observation that I make about the handling of COVID by those same outlets, embracing all of the don't tread on me, I don't need a vaccination, when we know they themselves are vaccinated? Isn't the same thing going on with Kyle Rittenhouse? As David French writes, they would never hand a rifle to their own children and tell them to walk into a riot. But these public poses, they still matter. When you turn a foolish young man into a hero, you'll see more foolish young men try to emulate this example. That's what worries me most about this. The future Kyle Rittenhouses. And although the state should not permit rioters to run rampant in America's streets, random groups of armed Americans are utterly incapable of imposing order themselves, and any effort to do so can lead to greater death and carnage. I agree with that as well. Take on the looters and the rioters, but it's got to be the cop's job, not the citizens. In fact, he writes, that's exactly what happened in Rittenhouse's case. He didn't impose order. He didn't stop a riot. He left a trail of bodies on the ground, and two of the people he shot were acting on the belief that Rittenhouse himself was an active shooter. He had, after all, just killed a man. And the final paragraph is this. Tell me if you agree with this, because this is the clearest expression of what I've been thinking about the Rittenhouse case. I only wish I'd written it myself. If the jury acquits Rittenhouse, it will not be a miscarriage of justice. First of all, stop right there. Do you agree with that? I do. The law gives even foolish men the right to defend their lives. True. But an acquittal does not make a foolish man a hero. A political movement that turns a deadly and ineffective vigilante into a role model in a movement that is courting more violence and encouraging more young men to recklessly brandish weapons in dangerous places, and that will spill more blood in America's streets. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, now you know now you know why today's survey question asks the following. If the jury acquits Rittenhouse, it will not be a miscarriage of justice, but an acquittal does not make a foolish man a hero. The words of David French, and I agree with them. I'm not rooting for an outcome in this case. I'm really not. I'm not going to be disappointed, even though I've told you, you know, viscerally how I think it should end with some kind of punishment. But I'll not be disappointed in whatever they do as long as I think it was fair in how they did it. But David French sums it up for me. No, it won't be a miscarriage of justice if he's acquitted of everything. But that doesn't mean he's a hero. 
The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.